السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته الحمد لله الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام الأتمان الأكملان على خير خلق الله أجمعين وعلى آله وأصحابه ومن سار على سبيله ونهجه ومن استن بسنته ومن اهتدى بهديه إلى يوم الدين أما بعد وقد قال تعالى في قرآن المجيد والفرقان الحميد أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم الشيطان يعدكم الفقر ويأمركم بالفحشاء والله يعدكم مغفرة منه وفضلا صدق الله العظيم all praise and all thanks is only due to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who yet again has given us this beautiful opportunity of gathering in the house of Allah ta'ala on this Mubarak day of Jumu'ah we make dua to Allah ta'ala that he allows us to see many many more days of Jumu'ah we make dua to Allah ta'ala that he allows us to appreciate this Mubarak day of Jumu'ah and we also make dua to Allah ta'ala that he allows our last day of this earthly life to be the Mubarak day of Jumu'ah this ayat of the Quran which I have recited Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is explaining the infusion, the administration of a certain, I'm just giving a ex- broad explanation, I'll give the translation of the ayah just now, the administration of a drug that shaitan gives a person. And he administers a person with two drugs. So Allah Ta'ala is telling us also in advance that what drugs shaitan administers in a person. Literal translation of this ayat is, Ash-shaytanu ya'idukumul faqra. Shaitan frightens you with poverty. Shaitan وَيَأْمُرُكُمْ بِالْفَحْشَاءِ So the first drug he administers is fear into you. Fear of what? Fear of poverty. And the second thing that he does is he buds you, he encourages you, he commands you towards those things that are evil. So just starting with the first, loosely the first drug that Shaitan administers, the first poison that Shaitan affects a person's mind would, with this administration of his drug, is he creates fear in the person. So every time a person knows that his zakat is due, for example, I need to take out my zakat, that fear of poverty is there, what will happen to my cash flow? I need this money, tomorrow I need it for some fees, I need it for a light account, I need this money for something else, or I may need it for something that may come up. It hasn't come up as yet. But something that may arise in the future that is so distant, shaitan is already instilled that fear in this person, that something that is not even an expense currently, this person is holding back money for that also, that is not even there. And what is fawajib, what is faraz, what is necessary for this person to, to discharge now, is holding back. Why? Because of this administration of this fear that shaitan has put in his heart. Similarly, you find a person will know that certain investments, as we spoke before, are haram. That is not correct for me to take money from the bank, irrespective of what they are calling it. I'm not supposed to be taking. But out of that fear of poverty, a person says, no, I have to take money. I can't live in this world without it. Like that, a person, you're living in a... A person will reply, he'll retort, which world are you living in that we can live without insurance? What if something happens down the line? What if there's some unseen event, there's some event that occurs... So because of that fear of that poverty, fear of that expense, fear of that liability that is not even there now, a person already is going into haram. But what was the cause? It was the simple administration of the drug of shaitan that put fear of poverty in a person's heart. Now you take this a little bit more and you try and you open this a little bit more and you'll find that sometimes a child is not even willing to look after his aged parents. They look at the parents as a liability. If I'm going to spend money on my parents, what's going to happen to me? 
this fear of that poverty stops a child from even taking care of his parents. Rather we put him in some old age home, or rather the other brothers and sisters look after the parents. Why must I take on the expense? This is the thinking that shaitan puts in a person. But on the other hand, as we're going on with the ayat, we'll explain the rest of this part. But on the other hand, Allah Ta'ala is promising, Wallahu ya'idukum. Allah is promising you complete forgiveness. Allah is promising you grace. One side is the fear of shaitan that's being promised. And one side is the fuzzle, the excess, the grace that Allah is promising you. You spend, we will protect you. You spend, we will spend on you. You spend, we will take care of all the unseen events. But shaitan's, unfortunately, the administration of this drug of shaitan is so powerful that we even forget the promise of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And now taking this even further, sometimes you find a person, he's got this fear that I got, Allah ta'ala has given me a beautiful daughter, this flowering bud. But this poison has already gone in the mind. I poiri hu What will happen to this girl? What will happen to her if she gets divorced? She's still a small child, a baby, but already thinking what will happen if she gets divorced? He hasn't got married also, but what will happen if she gets divorced? So now the mind is already thinking that which school I need to send this daughter to, which high school I need to send it, whether it is mixed, intermingling, secular, that's not of importance. I must see how she can come out with six A's, how she can come out with seven A's. And I must tell all my friends also how intelligent this girl is in school. And then the next thing, who tie her? What's going to happen to her? This who tie, what happens if we tie the girl up for life in the system? What system? Now she must go to university. And that university culture unfortunately spoils. It finishes, it destroys the mind of an innocent girl. There was an alim, he was explaining his incident, his story. He says that I was based at a musalla, at a masjid, that was very close to one huge campus, where many people would come, because this campus was out of town. Out of town, like we can say Graham's town. So like that his masjid was there. He said many people would come to drop their daughters that would study in that university. He says when, and sometimes people from good homes, they'll come to leave their girl, daughter there because she must get a qualification. She must qualify there. And they would think now they're dropping their daughter and they're leaving her so far away and they're coming back either to Johannesburg or Durban or wherever they're coming from. So that concern is also there in their mind. But already this administration of the fear of shaitan is there. And what's going to happen? Who tie? She's going to get divorced. What's going to happen to her? So he says this parents sometimes they would come and they'll come to the masjid there and they'll speak to me as an imam. That I'm leaving my daughter here. People from good families. Please look after my daughter. So he says first thing you come in and ask the imam sahab to look after your daughter. Is that the right thing to do? But then he would say I would advise them. I said listen to me carefully what I'm telling you. I've seen girls coming here from good families. From good homes. Give them about six to eight months. Those same girls, I see them drinking with the boys, partying with the boys. That environment changes that mind, that party environment, that freelancing environment. From the best homes, the girls are coming and this is what is happening to them. So he says, if you love this diamond that Allah has given you, take your daughter back home immediately. Don't leave her here and go away. But what was the catalyst? What was the, what was instrumental? Is this Shaitan put fear in the man that what's going to happen to the future of your daughter if you don't put her into this environment and get her. And then we look at it on the hindsight. That woman now that gets all the qualifications, she qualifies, she's independent. The first thing that happens to a woman's mindset when she gets this type of life, she gets that independence. She's got that job, that high-flying job. 
She's got the qualifications. The whole university life, she was independent. She drove there when she went. She came from there when she want, what liked. She went out to study when she liked. She went to the restaurants when she liked. She's got the credit card. Now comes the time to get married. You think this woman with an independent mindset is ever going to submit to the wills of the husband? Will that ever happen? But what was the catalyst? What was instrumental? That fear that shaitan put in the heart of that father when that poor girl was a small, budding, beautiful flower. That what is going to happen to this daughter of yours if she gets divorced? Who is going to take care of her at that point? Uh, so now what happens, we put her through a whole system that already put her on the threshold of divorce. That husband that she's married to says, this woman doesn't want to listen to me. Sometimes it happens in reverse also. Now the husband feels that because my wife is earning, let me put pressure on her that she must contribute to the household expenditure. And very often it happens. So many times you get complaints. Poor woman complaining that the husband is asking me to pay the lights, to pay the water. He knows what I'm earning. So he's asking me to pay what he's supposed to be paying for. So he's shirking his responsibility because I got this qualification. It actually backfired. Where the fear was that who's going to look after my daughter, now the daughter is looking after the husband. So this is what Allah Ta'ala is saying. That الشَّيْطَانُ يَعِدُكُمُ الْفَقْرَ وَيَأْمُرُكُمْ بِالْفَحْشَةِ The other thing that happens now is with this independent mindset. I got this credit card, I can go for holiday, I can go here, I can go there. What time will this mother give to the children? What time will she give to that home? What time will she give to her family when she's already got this mindset that I need to be flying around, moving around? Where am I going to have that love, that care that our mothers and grandmothers would show to the children? So this all is starting from where? It's starting from that fear that shaitan put in the heart of the person when the child was still small. So therefore we have to take our mind out from this promise and this fright of shaitan to the promise of Allah Ta'ala. One person told me so nicely. He said, I realized something. That Allah that is the giver is also the protector. That Allah that is giving, He is also the one that will protect. Sometimes we get all these assets and now we frighten. What is going to happen to the assets? So let us go into haram avenues to try and protect these assets. We forgot that the Allah that gave us will also protect. So let us put our trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah ta'ala is there for us. Sometimes we taking, we being opposite. One example, just to understand, there was a person that was driving his car. And he had five passengers in the front seat. And he had one passenger in the back. So the cop pulled him over. That what is happening here? That you've got five passengers sitting in the front. And you've got one passenger sitting in the back. So this person replies. He said, you see, there's no place in the front. So we were forced to put one in the back. There's no more place in the front. So we were forced to put one passenger in the back. So the thinking has gone in reverse also now. So that when a person doesn't send his daughter to university, he's doing the wrong thing. He's going opposite to the flow. The thinking has gone off. Whereas this beautiful daughter of ours, we're supposed to be taking care of her, raising her in that home and giving her to a home that she'll become a beautiful mother, a loving mother to the children, a caring mother who can give that time, effort, energy, not being abused by some husband because of her income that she's getting from some business or some profession. So anyway, this is the first part of the ayat. The second part of the ayat, وَيَأْمُرُكُمْ بِالْفَحْشَةِ The shaitan, he commands you, and he encourages you, he bids you towards those things that are obscene, those things that are evil. We are going through this time and this moments of December period. This December period is a, unfortunately a culture that's there in our society that if a person doesn't go for a holiday in this period, he's actually committing a guna. That I didn't go for holiday in this period. Whereas you look at this particular period, the most amount of accidents take place. The most amount of alcohol abuse takes place. The most amount, amount of crime takes place. The most amounts of violent crime takes place. 
the most amount of obscenity takes place, the most amount of disobedience of Allah Ta'ala takes place in this time. But that culture is, if I'm not going for holiday in the December period, I have to be apologetic to the next man and try and explain to him why I'm not going for holiday. Where is the real thinking, the real aqalman admi, the real intelligent person is one who knows that I have to stay within the confines of my home. I wanted to mention, inshallah, I'll quickly mention the hadith of Uqba bin Amir, radiallahu anhu, how it fits into this particular time that we are going through. He says, Sa'altu Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam man najah. I asked Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, what is success? He said, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam told me three things. He didn't define success, but he showed me three steps to reach success. The first thing Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam told me, amsik alayka lisanak, that take control of your tongue. Be careful of what you say, especially in this period now people will be on leave, people will be on holiday, that freelancing mindset is there, people will be around the bride stand, people will just be having leisure time, that speech and the talk will start. And sometimes it starts with something good and it ends up in ghibat. Ulama give an example is of that water that's running deep. The first amount of speech that is there is like the clean water that has been taken. And as you're going deeper and deeper now you start taking out mud and now mud is being spoken, we don't even realize. Amsik alayka lisanak, control the tongue. Be careful, if you don't have to say anything, man samata naja, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa said, that person who remains silent, he will be successful. So sometimes it takes a form of speaking, the other time it takes a form of typing. That's also a form of speech. A person is typing on the chat groups, typing on, a gro- on, on messages and he's sending. He's not realizing that he should be keeping silent. Rather, may take the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, be in the obedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that is better. This is the stepping stone, the first stepping stone to success. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa is saying, Amsik alayka lisanak, take control of your tongue, speak less, speak when it's necessary, speak only when it's beneficial. That will go also for the, using the, 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 the social media and also on the tongue. The next thing Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa said, Wal yasa'aka baytuk, that let your house be sufficient for you. In other words, if you don't need to go out unnecessarily, don't go out. Especially in this time, Allah has made this home of ours like a fort, like a protective, like almost to say like a, 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 a shield from bombs and other type of enemies that are attacking us in terms of our imaniyat, in terms of sin attacking us. Allah Ta'ala made this home a Mubarak protection for us. So long as we don't bring the filth into the home like the television and those things that are haram, we don't bring it inside the home then that home now becomes a protection for us. Stay in the home, we don't have to be apologetic. Actually, we are protecting the iman of ourselves, protecting the iman of our children. The third thing Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentioned, وَبْكِي ala خَطِيئَتِكِ Take out time and cry over your sins. Don't have this freelance mentality that we got the whole festive season to enjoy ourselves. Introspect. Look into yourself. Look, I should look into myself. Every person should look into himself. How much of gunas and sins we committed? Cry over our sins. Use this opportunity to cry over our sins. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa is saying, a person has got these three things. He's got the recipe to success. Which one of us don't want success? Allah Ta'ala give us the tawfiq of making amal, bringing these things into our life. Having full yakin and faith in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, not taking avenues and employing avenues that will lead us to more destruction. Sometimes we jump out of the pot and we end up in the fire. So therefore we have to be very, very careful, especially in this time when there's so many fitnas, so many facades. If a person has already got some type of need and to go out, then he also should be very careful that when I'm traveling also, I must look after my eyes. Ulama explained that person should be very careful of these few things when he's on travel. 
at home also, but more so when he's on travel. What should he be careful of? Be very careful of the tongue. We already spoke about that. Be very careful of the eyes. What is a person seeing? Very, very careful of the ears. What people are talking. If people are talking nonsense, people are talking ghibat, people are talking things that are unnecessary. I shouldn't be part of it. I should move away. I, I got better things to do than to spoil and pollute this clean ears that Allah Ta'ala has given me. So he takes care of the tongue, he takes care of the eyes, he takes care of the mind and he takes care of the heart. Can you see what a beautiful way of protecting a person's iman? And one last thing is a person takes care of his salat. Very, very careful that what will happen to my salat, Allah Ta'ala give us all the tawfiq of making amal. And not only taking care of salat, salat with jamaat. How often you find that people miss salat with jamaat? This is such an important thing. That be very careful, even if we have to travel somewhere, time ourselves such that we can make it at a point where we won't miss our salat with jamaat. This is a very, very important thing to protect our iman. May Allah give us all the tawfiq of making amal. Wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil alamin.